Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. And welcome to the Investor Coaching Show. I'm Paul Winkler. Along with Mr. Ira Work, talking about money and investing. And of course, we have all kinds of all kinds of topics and things that will be coming up in this next hour. Uh, there was something in the Wall Street Journal regarding and this is jim jim wood in the office up here in goodlettsville actually sent this to me and i was checking it out going yeah this is good avoiding financial missteps when sending children off to college this brought back all kinds of memories for me as i was reading this article in uh, wall street journal i remember i don't know ira what was school like for you um in what regard I mean, I was a member of a fraternity, so I had a lot of fun. So you had um, fun. I was miserable. <laughs> I was I was miserable in my first year in college, and uh, and but I was I was okay the rest of it. But I was off at another place, a long way away from home, like six hours from home, and I just remember being absolutely miserable because I had too much time on my hands. I had way too much time on my hands. Well, where did you go to school? It was the first year. Uh -huh. The first year of school was at this little place called Fredonia. Which was where? It was located, a music school located near where? Erie, Pennsylvania, okay. right off of Lake Erie. All right. And then what happened was I was I was I went to went to school for music and I'll never forget coming back home and saying, Dad, I'm gonna join the band. I'm gonna go on the road. <laughs> Well, my second guess, my, guess who didn't go on the road and guess who finished college <laughs> because his father said, no, 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 no. You're going to have a backup plan. Okay. So now my best advice. Ever. My last two years were miserable like that. You see, my first two years. <laughs> okay. I was at the University of Miami. So okay. we had the beach and we had the pool see, and we had a lot of fun. See, we had nothing okay. good like that. We had nothing good. So at the end of my second year, my grades did not allow my grants and stuff to renew. So I had to move back home and get a job and work my way through college. See, I was the opposite. My grades got better. <laughs> but I was, I was working full time. Well, I was still living in Florida. so was I, was, I, I was working full time. And somehow or other, I, actually, I was working like you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And finishing up school and, and feel like, how on earth do you do that? And it was just sheer tenacity. Mm -hmm. But then it's also probably, it's part of my nature is I'm like hyper. I am hyper just by nature. So it was okay. I was able to pull it off. Uh, and not sleeping, it was a probably good thing. And I never got into TV. I was just never really into TV, as, as people kind of know. Uh, but uh, they were talking about the major mistakes that you might make in planning for and sending kids off to college. One of them was says, major mistakes, not seeking financial aid. Sometimes that's just a pain. But the reality of it is you'd be shocked at how much financial aid there is out there if you will just look for it and apply for scholarships. 
Uh, you know, that's that's one of the things. But they said that there are a lot of things besides that in this article that, that yeah. people actually deal with. One was costs related to food, transportation, books and supplies. Social activities can add up quickly in the college years and could add thousands of dollars of unanticipated expenses. Now, I had a food plan. Did you have one of those food plans? I had a food plan the first year. Did you use it all the time? Uh, I did because I didn't have a car. I was living on campus, so it was just very easy for me. The food yeah. wasn't good. Okay, well, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I was I was indifferent. It didn't matter that the food wasn't. It was just for me, getting out and going someplace other than being on the campus, I would have loved to have done it, but I just didn't have the funds to do it. It uh, just wasn't going to happen. Well, the funny thing, my parents used to send me $25 a week. That's what they would deposit in my account. That would I would have loved that. I I had no such thing. We, my my parents cried broke. Yeah, and <laughs> I was told if you need more money than that, get a job. So I got a job, and that is why when I left there and I transferred to the University of Albany, that I actually did go get a job because I thought you know, and you know, I I think it was my my parents designed the whole time. Absolutely. Don't pay him anything. Don't give him any money when he's out there at the campus. We bought the food plan. We're paying the tuition. Anything else that he needs, you know, that's going to be on him. And that was a wake-up call, and I actually did. I went and got a full-time job and actually worked in computers and learned a great deal. But, you know, for me, that I use that as an example because I worked for a company that had tuition reimbursement and got out of college and absolutely had no debt whatsoever. So that, you know, that is another one of those things that's a possibility out there mm-hmm. and that, you know, and you look at that and I and see people say, wow, Paul, you know, that was really, really rough. And my thinking on that was that when you go through something that's that hard, I think it builds character. Oh, without a doubt. I think it, it just builds character. And a lot of people do say, yes, Paul, you're a character. So <laughs> it apparently worked. Uh, but the other thing is that you know they underestimate the cost of, of food and groceries. And they said that uh, even students on meal plans tend to convenience shop, order takeout, and eat, fre- eat out frequently. And that can lead to hundreds of dollars in additional spending if a student isn't careful. But like I said, I was like tremendously bored. I was really, really bored. And I had no family out there. I wasn't great at connecting either. That, you know, for me, I was terrible at connecting with people. I was painfully shy. And people thought, you know, I, I'll never forget this one girl I met. And she goes, I, you know, I first met you. And she goes, I, you know, I thought, well, you know, when I finally met you and talked to you, I said, oh, wow, this guy's pretty nice. But she said, you, I thought you were the biggest stuck up, you know, <laughs> so and so that there was. And I thought, oh, isn't that funny? But I think that that is a common thing now. And the reason I bring it up is not to make this about me, as to make it about younger people in general being challenged with connecting these days. Because so much they're connecting is through phones and not with one one on one contact with each other. Right. And so they often struggle with that. So keep in mind that they may spend more money doing things just to get out of the boredom because they may not be good at connecting. So I think that's a, a really good point to keep in mind. Travel and transportation, another area that sometimes people gloss over. 
And talk about, you know, when you're attending something out of state, for example, you might have a lot of transportation costs coming back and forth. Now, you live, were you close to school? Were you um, were close to home where you went to no, school? No, I was about 45 miles from home. Okay, that's not far at all. No, it wasn't far. Okay, so you didn't have a lot of transportation expenses. Did no. you have a car on campus? Uh, not the first year. I made the mistake of giving it to my sister. But you did have one. I that, got that's... one my second year. I was blessed by an aunt who gave me a car that they no longer needed. So That's just not fair. <laughs> Life's not fair. <laughs> no, when I got my full-time job, you better believe I got a car. Yeah, life's not fair, Paul. No, it's not. It, it really know, isn't. I mean, if, it, if life was fair, we would all be as smart as Elon Musk. I mean, come on. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you have it. I you know what I think Pauls. is funny? Speaking of Elon Musk, uh-huh. there, uh, there was somebody in, I, it was some financial magazine, and they were saying that Elon Musk really needs, and I'm, I'm doing this from memory, that he's going to have to make his car company, instead of being like this earth-shattering, revolutionary car company, they're going to have to be more stodgy. He's going to have to make it more stodgy. And I'm thinking is, I'm, who has the audacity to give Elon Musk advice on how to run a car company? Somebody's jealous of Elon Musk. But you know, I heard earlier this week that there's uh, that Tesla's supposed to be releasing a new truck now. Okay, electric. Uh, of course, electric. But there is a new revolutionary engine supposedly that you know that I don't know. I saw something. I didn't even read about it. But you know, I look at that and go, you know, they have come up with some new ways of finding materials to make batteries. But there are so many other technologies that are being studied as better ways to drive a vehicle and to propel a vehicle that I'm just going to be surprised if there isn't something else that's way the heck better than – because you've heard the news, didn't you, Ira, that these cars, the electric cars, they're coming off the lot. And I was hearing that that they're dropping in value like 30%. I have no idea. I, I I want absolutely nothing to do with an electric car. Now I did I did hear that the Prius, the Toyota Prius, is actually coming out with a sunroof, not a sunroof, a solar panel roof, which I think is brilliant because you mm-hmm. know you got, if you live in maybe like Arizona or Florida or here in the summertime, um, to have the sun charging your battery. And then you don't have to worry about you know, running Then out you just of, get stranded at night and that's all there yeah. is to. <laughs> but I think that would work much better for a full electric car. I mean, the Prius is a hybrid. You know, so I think it's just another well, way of yeah. charging the battery. But the, one of the things that for, the, for the electric car that I don't like is the fact that I think the, when I was looking at them just to see is that the farthest you can go is like 300 miles. And then it takes a half hour to yeah. charge it. And that's pretty typical for that's that's kind of the benchmark for cars. If you can get it to go three hundred miles, that's the benchmark. But you, but I think electric, that, 
I, and any cars, and, you know, oh, so I, you go they, 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 when well, I drive to Florida, I go, I get 400 well, miles. That's out the, of my not the, but that's the general benchmark that they're shooting for is 300 miles. And you're looking that for hydrogen cars, for example, the idea of hydrogen, can we get it to go at least that far is what they're shooting for in the, uh, in the auto industry. So that's the number that I've read that they're shooting for now. Another thing that they recommend here is creating a college contract so that expectations are clear. Sit down with your kid. You're going to write it out. The contract's going to set out an agreed upon budget for the student divided into parental and student responsibilities. Uh, the expectation is that the student is going to work and contribute a particular amount is another thing that you might have in there. It's also good practice for students to track their expenses using a simple spreadsheet or an app like, you know, like, you know, these, these apps out there that track expenses, there are all kinds of ones out there. And then share it with the parent monthly. Good luck with that. And if they can discuss <laughs> and amend, if necessary, for future months, uh, then, you know, you can, you can have this down. And, you know, hey, you, you might be one of those parents that does have that relationship where you can get them to share that information. Well, you know, I, I've, told, I've you know, sat down and had a conversation with parents about, you know, having college funds set aside. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I don't care if you have a million dollars set aside for your kid's college education. I would not tell them you have any money. So let's say they don't get scholarships and, then, you know, you say to them, look, when they enter into ninth grade, now this is good advice if your kids are much younger, but you tell them when they get into ninth grade, those first eight years were practice. <laughs> now is when it really counts and you only have three years to really make it count because in your first semester of your senior year of high school you're going to be applying to college and they're going to be accepting you based upon those three years and you know what you know if you played sports if you had community service and all that that actually happened to me my high school the last three years i was stellar but before that i was horrible and the person almost did not accept me in college because of the pre-high school, because our high school was, was three years. It was 10, 11, and 12 where I, when I grew up. It was 10, 11, 12. I know it's different than that now, but, but it was that. And they almost didn't accept me. But, you know, I was trying to get into a decent college, and, and it was just because it was looking at, no, nah, this, this is not going to cut it, Paul. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It saved me those last three years, yeah. saved me. And then I tell them, you know, if you end up paying for college, you tell them, all right, we're, mom and dad are going to find the money. Like I said, I don't care if you have a million dollars set aside. We're going to find the money to pay for your first semester. But you have to maintain a 3.2 grade point average. Mom or whatever and dad's name are Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, or, you know, whatever <laughs> number you choose, you're going to know you're a kid, 2.8, 3.5. And because what are you doing? If you're paying for their college, you're paying for them to go to college. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they have a job. And that job is to go to class, go home, to, go back to the dorm or come home and do your homework so you can get good grades on your test and get the education that we're paying for. And mm -hmm. if they don't maintain the 3.2 or whatever number, well, then they can themselves, they can go get a job and pay for their own college. They can take student loans and get out of debt. Heaven forbid we should even say that, right? Um, but it's if they don't get scholarships or they can join the military. There you go. Uh, then they then they have not having access to the student's accounts, another mistake that people make. Even though their parents pay for the college bills, they typically can't view the student's tuition statements or grades unless the child grants them access. Now, this is important because unless you know what 
is going on grade-wise, the person, the student, especially if you part of your contract is that you're going to take care of their college, uh, you know, this I could see this being the case because if they lose that scholarship, you may have a whole bunch of money coming out of your pocket that you didn't anticipate if they don't keep those grades up. Now, the other thing is that um, it says still parents are likely to want access to the child's grade if they're footing the bill and to avoid financial surprises. For example, many scholarships are merit-based and contingent upon the maintaining the grade point average, like I was just saying. And parents could also be aware that if their student is dropping classes or failing to take the full course load, they could lead to additional expenses because it may be that you lose scholarships because you're not taking the, the full course load. That's definitely the way that happens. Or you're not getting your grades like me. Exactly. Exactly. That's And uh, tempting for parents to dip into traditional IRAs and 401ks, that can be a problem because of taxation. Uh you know, and then some, one of the things that people do is they go, well, you know, I'll just take a loan from my 401k. That can be a problem because when you take a loan from your 401k, you miss the returns on the 401k, which can be rapid and big. You do pay interest to yourself, but you're paying interest to yourself with after tax dollars. You got to earn the dollars, then pay the interest. And that is problematic from a tax standpoint. Then you get taxed on the money when you pull it back out in retirement. So it's a, it's a form of double taxation. So with no watch. representation. <laughs> what? No, you had representation. Your representation. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, it's it's like <laughs> just reminded me of See, a meme. Again, a meme of, okay. I saw this morning, and I think I'm probably going to keep it to myself. <laughs> again, it, it was okay. It, it was it was political, but it was funny as heck. But again, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to share it because you can use it on anything. It, it could be a state. It could be your state representative. This this refers to. It was basically this thing saying, you know, the aliens come and they say, "Take me to your leader." And you go, no, <laughs> I'd be, I'd be embarrassed to have you meet our leader. <laughs> I saw that one. Did you? But again, see, there, there, there again is an example of why I have skepticism to the government. Okay. They wrote a law that you can borrow money from your 401k, mm -hmm. pay it back with after, after tax, tax dollars, dollars and yeah. then tax you again. That's right. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. If you're the government. You know, so oh, that yeah. would be like a bank Wait, saying, oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, Leviticus, that's the way it works. That would be like mm -hmm. the bank saying, OK, we're going to charge you two thousand dollars to take out this loan mm -hmm. and then we're going to charge you interest to pay it back. Yeah, <laughs> you learn something new every time on this show. Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's it. We will we'll show you what the racket is. Uh, so anyway, uh, cash withdrawals, 401k loans could push them into a higher tax bracket and recognize that it could push them, in, but it doesn't make all of your income at that higher bracket. Remember that. Uh, then you've got the, uh, so even with these alternative sources of funding, there are, there can be other in implications for financial aid. And you can actually have a situation where you take money out like this and it actually affects your ability to get financial aid because they look back two years to determine family income and you can actually mess up your financial aid taking money out of these qualified plans or these retirement plans. So, you know, this is something you just want to make sure you know what the heck you're doing. Uh, college, 
Education can be a lot more expensive than you necessarily think it can be, but recognize that there are things that you can do to protect yourself and to be eyes wide open. And it's been, and I, I'm just, that's that the one piece in here that I think gets underemphasized is the number of scholarships out there. I was blown away when sending my kids to school. How many different scholarships? I, you know, one of my sons, he got a scholarship because he does so much volunteer work. He does a ton of charitable work and got a lot of scholarships as a result of it. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. If you want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there. And if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more competent investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.